Prime. Prime? Oh, they're already primed. Prime Record. Initialize. Like Jurassic Park. You've got to prime it. You know, you've got to pump it. <laughs> you don't remember? Jurassic Park? Yeah. yeah. The the oh. electrical station. Yeah. Yeah. You had to prime it. Yeah. Give it three big pumps or something like yeah. that. What kind of generator would that be? Well, a really dangerous one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Besides the dinosaurs. <laughs> So they imagined would. how that would work. I did think about that scene. Well, they, they clearly weren't risk-averse, um, <coughs> the creators of the park. Yeah. <laughs> Are we good to begin? Ready. Hello and welcome the Game the System podcast episode 33, a podcast about the people that play retro, arcade, modern, pinball, board games, and all of that stuff. Uh, it's the 2nd of March 2019, and my name's Mark Bell. My name's John. My name's Matt. <laughs> well, why do you find that funny, John? Because <laughs> you created some confusion by looking directly at Mark right after, uh, looking directly at Matt right after... Right doing your introduction like you were expecting him to say it first but mm. usually i say the name first yeah, mm. we've, we've settled in this way mm. and so even i, I was like, doubting myself but i just jumped <laughs> right in there and no, as you should try not to make eye contact and move away from the microphone to give you the air <laughs> to say it and then all these machinations and yeah. things going on behind the scenes <clears throat> that the readers don't see yeah. this is a performance mark mm. yeah Draw back the curtains. Yes. <laughs> no one wants to see how the sausage is made. <laughs> Definitely not in this case. Definitely not. <laughs> so how are we feeling? Pretty good. Pretty good? Yep. I found a park relatively easy. Nice. Which I was happy about. Because we're recording in the city today. But I do have to um, refresh my parking at 150-ish. Right. Hmm. Yep. And not forgetting this time like last time. Did I forget last time? Yeah. You didn't get booked, but... I set an alarm. Good idea. Good idea. So uh, why don't we launch straight into reader feedback? Okay. Because we have one. <laughs> in the singular. Carrie emailed in again. Wow. I know. Well, this was, I think there was some uh, encouragement of more emailing... There was. Last time? Yeah. Yes. So we got one mm. from the same person. Um, and he has some feedback for episode 31. He says it was interesting to hear us talk about loot boxes. He's starting his... Sorry. I'm it's picking an alarm sound. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad alarm sound. Actually, maybe it's a good alarm sound because it immediately just makes you... Yeah. <laughs> Lose attention from what you were talking about and hear a song. We a have bad song. one hour and 13 minutes, apparently. Okay. That nice. went really quick. I started with two. That means we've already farted around for about 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> Shocking. Uh, so he's starting his PhD and he being Carrie. Oh. Uh, latest, cool. Later this year, focusing on loot boxes and likely awesome. in the area of harm reduction, particularly in younger people. That's a really interesting topic, and I've thought mm. about that too. Um, 
And I thought about uh, the whole microtransaction topic actually more in relation to um, mobile games, which is, you know, I mean, we talked about the Sega Heroes thing mm. game and we talked about those mobile games and how they work. Um, and, yeah, it's a really interesting topic because of where it's taking, I guess, part of the games industry and it's compelling software developers to build these games in certain ways, mm. which is changing the gameplay of the game. Mm. Um, and whether or not that's a good thing, you know, is obviously questionable. Um, you know, in the short term for the business, it's working, but in the long run, I don't know whether it really is. But yeah, yeah that makes it a, an interesting topic. So Yeah, definitely. It feels like a thing that's... Um been bubbling away on the surface of you know concerned minds for a little while now a mm. few years uh and no one really knows what it means and where it's going mm. and what it? harm it's doing and yeah i, mean, I, I certainly see it as being some sort of uh merger of gambling and gaming yeah and, and basically games becoming poker machines poker machines yep. on your mobile phone yeah yeah it's it's definitely is you know that the the chance element is part of what compels people to continue and stick with the activity Mm. um because without that chance there's a finite end and you know either they reach the end or they decide that they don't want to put the effort in Mm. but you know the chance means that they could reach it sooner or they might not Mm. (laughs) you know um I, if that makes sense. But yeah, that's a really interesting topic. That's mm. cool. I, I didn't know he was um, studying at all. I mean, mm. I don't know anything about Carrie, so... We're slowly learning these <laughs> things. <laughs> but that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I Yeah, and as I said to Ben, I wish I'd ch- done study on video games. Uh, but then part of me, you know, there's a reason I chose not to do that, I guess. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, straying. That sounds really interesting, and I'd be interested to hear more about it as it goes along. And other, if he's done other research and other topics he's interested in, let us know because mm-hmm. I'd like to hear about that and talk about it. We'll have to talk about Ben's research at some stage too when he. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe we can get him on and yeah, that'd he be can cool. talk about it. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Um, Yeah, and he goes on to say that uh, he guesses that it's one big advantage or positive of classic games that there's no loot boxes or Mm. DLC. It's just the pure experience warts and all. Mm. And I think that's a... I think that's a truth. Yep. Um, Yeah, like we said, I mean, this is a... This is a new thing and we don't know where it's going. Mm. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Maybe it's just an evolution... Yep. I mean, certainly classic games, they had a type of DLC. I mean, it's not... The user doesn't request it and then install it themselves. I mean, these older games, classic games, had ROM revisions, so mm. the operator would receive the ROMs in the mail and then install them on the motherboard. Mm. So there are changes, but they're probably less flexible, as in they, mm. they're not as often. Yep. Um but yeah, it's just a really interesting topic. Mm. I think you could spend a long time 
thinking and talking about that and indeed making a PhD. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, and on episode two, 32 feedback, he writes that during our talk about VR and talking about our RE2 camera perspective, he wonders mm-hmm. what are the things one can do to reduce motion sickness because mm-hmm. from as early as Quake and Goldeneye, uh, and VR demos at the Powerhouse Museum when it was at Darling Harbour. Mm-hmm. He couldn't handle it, uh, even though the games themselves were fun. He yep. notes that as he's gotten older, his tolerance is actually much lower, which is mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, he says he can't even play GTA anymore, except for the you know original top-down ones. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and Chinatown Wars on DS. Uh, he can play that because of the perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and last week he was easing, even getting a little woozy playing Overcooked. Whoa. Hmm. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. What do we think are ways to reduce motion sickness in games? I mean, I can speak for myself. I just avoid the games that I can tell I'm going to have a problem with. And generally those are things where either the frame rate is low. So mm. it's a 3D It'd have to be a 3D perspective. 2D perspective doesn't bother me. The frame rate is lower than what it should be. Mm. And or the engine is such that it feels like the textures uh, warp or don't say stay straight as you're mm-hmm. moving your perspective. Mm. And the build engine is is what I would give as, as an example of that, like Duke Nukem 3D. And, right. I mean, we're talking about games from yeah. God knows how long ago. Yep. I never had problems with Doom, never had problems with Quake. That id engine was fine for me. Mm. But the build engine, yeah, I, that was a struggle for me. So anything... I which, can usually pick it. Which engine, Just sorry? The build engine. And which games are on that? Duke Nukem 3D. Oh, okay, yeah. What else was in that? Um, what was that? Shadow Warrior or something? Huh? Thief? No. No. That was... Oh. Test my memory now. <laughs> dark yeah, Dark remember. engine? Thief was done. Oh, okay. But either way, I can usually tell just by watching a few seconds of it whether I'm going to have trouble with it or not. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you guys? It's one strategy um, that I know someone did. They would play the games in windowed mode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think the effect of that really is you're not feeling your vision so much. Yeah. Probably that's the only thing I can figure is what it really mm. is to do with it. I do that when I'm watching speedruns or videos in general of games that will give me motion sickness again because of the engine or whatever I won't watch it full screen I'll watch it in window mode Uh, and I'm generally okay hmm that's interesting and so with Overcooked is interesting though but Um, I wonder what platform this was on or if see if it was Switch and you mm. up close to the screen it would feel your vision a lot I guess Mm. Mm. but it's not really a a motion game no isn't that an isometric sort of it's kind of—it's all static. You just, this is one screen and guys running around. Yeah. Well, it's—it's it's not isometric because <laughs> it's from like that front view, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than the angled view, which is what we we're talking about before. Right. Yeah. Apparently, isometric me- needs 120 degree angles. Which I made the—I made the exact and same mistake, or not realizing that the angle was an integral part. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I actually don't know too much about Overcooked. It must so. must um there must be a name for that kind of view, the Streets of Rage style, like two D with depth, Final Fight. I mean, style. I guess mm. we just know it as parallax. 
maybe yeah um that's more of a the, the method for doing the scrolling yeah but yeah. it's a, the trick people had to have a foreground and a background so yeah mm. oh i see what you're saying because yeah. things are for lack of a better term swimming mm. Mm. then i can see how that would, could cause motion sickness yeah and that it, it is it's completely 2d because really the ground even though it looks like it has depth it's just a flat um art and then the character has space to move up and down within mm. that space yep yeah yeah i can see that anyway um i was gonna say well i think that modern games now would be 3d anyway in that kind of situation and it would just be taking that angle but with with overcooked i wonder if one of the elements that's involved with the motion sickness is there's a lot of levels with moving parts like there's one where you're on you're in a truck and there's like two trucks next to each other going on the highway Mm -hmm. and the kitchen is like split between the two trucks and it's open so you can jump between the two and they are like changing lanes and stuff. So sometimes they're far apart and sometimes they're close together. So yeah, you can only right. transfer while they're close together. And that's a situation where you're moving, but not when you're intending to move. Mm. So it's got that floaty feeling oh, yeah. to it. Okay. And then there's another one that's like on a ship where literally the ship is like moving mm. and the benches all move and stuff. Um, yeah, so I can see how that can do it for people yeah yeah, yeah I, I would imagine that too but I don't feel like it's the actual game itself or the graphics itself it's the those elements mm. uh, yeah it's funny you should mention about the windowed mode thing too because I've also heard and this is like based in no facts at all just we don't use facts say. on this podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that um, increasing the FOV or the field of view in like first person games can help not that mm. I've ever tried it myself because I don't tend to have that kind of problem wouldn't it be decreasing the FOV because um, that makes no. it flatter doesn't it whereas if you increase yeah. it it's sort of tunnel vision so the yeah. way it worked is if you make the number bigger the center goes further out and you yeah. see more to the side yeah. mm. so it squashes it all forward mm. yeah so maybe it just depends on... Uh, this person seemed to have specific requirements to be able to increase the field of view because it helped with motion. Okay. But I could be wrong. And it might be different for other people. Yeah. For different people. Yeah, maybe it is a thing where maybe it depends on if you have certain eye things or something. I don't know. Certain eye things. <laughs> <laughs> um, Says the PhD candidate. I was thinking like... <laughs> I was thinking... Um, like uh, sh- what is it? Short-sighted, far-sighted. Mm. Like the difference between those. I don't mm. know why that would make a difference. It, it might do actually. Doesn't, but actually, uh, maybe not because it's just a picture in front of your face. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I don't know. In my own experience, uh, I've I haven't had a lot of problems with move with like motion sickness with games. Um, I have experienced it in VR in certain games Mm. and it seems to really be linked to movements that feel unnatural so when you're moving in the game but physically your body is not moving yeah and it seems to just create that confusion in your mind that causes you to feel ill yeah that's Uh, exactly the reason why it can get me with mm. low frame rates because that shouldn't happen yeah um and warping of textures because Mm. you know in reality 
things wouldn't look like that. Right. Yeah. So it's that sort of disconnect between reality and not reality, and then your brain goes, ah, oh, something's wrong here. Yeah. And um, I think we talked about it before, isn't it? Sort of a, it's a um, response. It's the body's response thinking that you've been poisoned. Oh, really? Yeah. So it makes you makes you feel sick huh. so that you would vomit and vomit up any poison that you have in your body. Huh. That's that's why your body starts reacting. That okay. Way. I suppose that's pretty much what happens when you get drunk. Like yeah, exactly. your vision goes warped and mm. yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Mm. Yeah. The the only time I've had it majorly was one time when I was playing this game that was like on the PlayStation VR and it was a like a mech game where you're in this mech unit and you can walk around but you can also do like these jet jumps where you jump from one platform to another mm-hmm. and there was levels where you were in space and so you know gravity there's no really up, real up or down and so you'd be jumping from like a platform and twisting in the air and like jumping onto a platform that would have been a roof before but is mm. now the ground mm. and that is like really disorientating and I didn't really because I don't doesn't happen to me much I didn't really know what was going on but after like 25 minutes of that i was all sweaty and i was just like i feel crap and then i took it off and i was like oh i think this is like motion sickness (laughs) (laughs) yeah sweating is one big part of it yeah yeah i just felt like just horrible Hmm. um and i was like yeah i'm not gonna play that game again Hmm. (laughs) found it interesting what carrie said about as he's gotten older it's he's either noticing it more or it's it's happening more because now that he said that, I, I think maybe that is the case because I've had issues with um, RE7, which is not a game I would generally have problems with. Mm. Even Dead Rising 4, of all things, um, I couldn't hmm. play that for too long without feeling pretty bad motion sickness-wise. Because that's like a third-person... Yeah, it's a third-person... Topish down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, isometric. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so... Run around, kill zombies. <laughs> so maybe it does affect you more when you get older. I don't know. Mm. But yeah, very interesting. <clears throat> I have to get Dead Rising again. What's the first one on? Is it Xbox? Yeah, Xbox 360. 360. Yep. Okay, good. First one's the best one. It'll be cheap then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't know. You know what retro <laughs> games are like? They're all expensive now. The ones that... The good uh, ones are didn't sell amazingly, but people want them today. Hmm. I was explaining to my young stepbrother, uh, who, as I said to you guys, turned up last night with a box of old Game Boys and games. How? Because you know, people that aren't into this stuff don't really know how it works, you know, and they they just tend to think oh it's an old game so it must be gaining in value and it's like well it depends on a lot of things you know Mm. it's a combination of um, desirability and and how rare it is so something can be really rare but not necessarily desirable Mm. and usually rareness makes it more expensive but if it has both those things if it's desirable and rare that's when it gets really expensive and sometimes the desirability can make it feel more rare because people buy them and they don't sell them once they have it they just keep it forever Mm. and so you never see copies of certain games and even though there was lots of them made they're just not for sale Mm. because people hold on to them 
Um, I think there's a there's another category of um, of games that can get really expensive, and that's the ones that were incredibly popular. There's bazillions of them out there, mm. um, but because of the popularity, people want to get it again in the most pristine condition possible. Right. Okay. So you're talking about things like you know Super Metroid or um, mm-hmm. or the original Metroid on the NES. Mm-hmm. Huge games, very popular. I mean, even Super Mario Brothers on the NES. Mm-hmm. Sealed copies of those games now go for ridiculous money, like thousands mm. and thousands of dollars. Mm. Um, Are you talking... You're thinking of that Mario Brothers that went recently for like $10,000 or something? I wasn't. Oh. What, what's the story with there that was one? A, there was a Mario Brothers on the NES, a sealed copy, and it was one of those graded ones. Mm-hmm. And it sold... I think it was 10000 Was it 100000 I think it was ten. Yeah, it must have been ten because a hundred thousand is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Well, ten thousand is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once you get up past that threshold, then mm. it may as well be a hundred thousand. <laughs> so I found out, like, why? Because you can buy that game, not sealed, but you can buy a complete box copy for like fifteen dollars. Yeah. There's heaps of them around. Yeah. Um, the reason why that particular one was so expensive was because, so back in the day, you know when the Nintendo was first on the market or not even before it was on the market, they had, you know, the video game crash in the US Mm -hmm. and a lot of stores that were stocking video games didn't want to sell, didn't want to stock video games because they weren't selling. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Nintendo were having problems actually getting people to stock the system. And so they did those, they did two things. They might've done more, but what I know of, they did two things, which is the the seal of quality idea, yep. which is to to QA all the games themselves and make sure they're actually good. Mm. And the other thing they did was they went to stores and said, we'll, we'll put them in your store on consignment or like you only have to pay for the stock you sell and you can return everything else. So the store was taking no risk. They got to stock all the products and they didn't have to pay for it unless they sold it. So... Um, they did this thing and when that happened in that test phase they had copies of Mario Brothers and they had these paper seals rather than I'm not sure what came later but it was a different type of seal Mm. and it was like this circular Nintendo sticker a black sticker that went over the box all right so apparently this one was like one of two remaining that exist that are a sealed copy of this game from that test market yeah um, and that's what makes it so rare. Yeah. So, so yeah. But apparently it was some company that bought it, which presumably buying it simply as an investment to sell later for more money. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so there's multiple factors. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, he also recommended a game for us, Tetris 99 on Switch. Oh, yeah. Uh, he oh. says, holy moly, this came out of nowhere and I can't get enough of it. It's free and perhaps we get a peek of what's to come with the Switch's online service. Right. Um, has anyone played Tetris 99? No, I watched videos. Right. I, I've also watched videos. Oh I don't have God. the Nintendo service, but I've only really watched brief videos. Why do you say, oh my God? Because there's really good people at this game. Oh, right, oh. yeah. Oh, yeah. See, that's, like, to me, that's... <laughs> We're talking about Tetris here. Yeah. That's the reason why I probably won't play it. <laughs> because I'll feel like 
It'll just make me feel like you'll just get destroyed. <laughs> but the, I think the way it works, and I've only heard you know people on podcasts talk about it, but uh, all the ninety-nine players they can target other players. So yeah. if they know someone's a god player, you know, fifty or so people can target that other player and just wipe him out. Yeah, but you don't know them. Her. You don't know the other players by name. They're just a number. Or uh, a position on your thing. But wouldn't uh, you know, you get an idea of how well they're doing, right? So you can try and target someone that's doing well. Uh, yeah. But then there's the automatic things. So you, there's there's a few selections you can make on who mm. you're targeting, like automatically. So right. you, can, you can just tell it to always target, you know, someone who, who whoever's doing the best, mm. you know, or someone who's targeting you, you automatically target them back uh, okay. and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> or people who are about to die, you can just finish them off. So can you yeah. manually choose who you want to target? Yeah, I think yeah, so can. as well. Because yeah. that was one thing I was wondering about. Like, while you're playing Tetris, especially in the later levels, how would you ever have time to go, oh, that guy? Yeah. Some people are good. <laughs> very, very, very good. Yeah. Mm. Yes, this one I was watching. Yeah, okay. So normal Battle Royale games, you probably win. I don't know. If you're a good player, do you win like one out of ten games or less? I assume, right? Hmm. And this, I'm watching this video and this guy was going for like a win streak at 25 or whatever. <laughs> and the strategy I, you know, you normally take Tetris, you get Tetrises, like that's how you get the big points. But this guy was only going for T-spins. Yeah, right. And what's, and What's a T-spin? Oh, so you, the T-piece, mm. if you, if it's different if, from if a as meat you spin. drop it, you, you flip it in place and then clear lines, it awards you T-spin oh. instead of just the one two, or one, two or three lines. Mm. It's like this other bonus thing as well. Mm. Mm. I guess he's doing it because that sends the most chunk to the other player. Mm. Mm. And is this and was this player a known Tetris dude or um, dudette? Not that I'm aware of. Well, okay. they're known now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, like the, the setup for a Tetris is pretty easy because, you know, you just leave the world all the way at the side like the normal way to do it. It's a straight line. It looks really simple. When you're setting up for T-spins... Yeah, the, the board's jagged all the way around like this. Oh, you have to see it. So, so you, you might have the world going, and it's like a couple pieces wide all the way up, and it jagged it like moves around a bit. And he gets a T piece and flips, flip, flip. It wouldn't even fit through the gap. It flip, 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 <laughs> flip, 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 all the way down. Bang! Really? Three line T wow, spin. That's nice. Yeah. Wow. And so they have some incredible vision on how to set these things up, but I'm not seeing it all. Mm. Like it looks like they make mistakes, but it ends up perfect. Mm. Can you hold pieces? Yeah, it's got hold. It's okay. got like five or six piece preview. It's heat. It's mm. really that generous, holds. and you can spin forever. It's really generous in the way it plays. Mm. Yeah, well, I guess they're trying to bring more people in to playing the game, yeah. not just create a game for the pros. So it makes sense to do those sorts of things. Hmm. Yeah, so none of us have checked out that out that just yet. Not in person. Uh, but yeah. yeah, we all know of well, it. You guys don't have... You you both don't have I a don't Switch. I don't have a Switch, no. And I don't have the online service. Hmm. So if I had it, I probably would download it. I'm waiting for Bayonetta 3. Right. When Bayonetta 3 comes out, I'll buy a Switch. Is that pending? Like, have, have, Is there any knowledge of when it's happening? Uh, they're thinking this year, late this year, I think. Yeah, but they've really? been quiet on it for a while. That's a lot sooner than I expect. I it's think been in, in development for a, a number of years now. And they released that teaser trailer a year ago. Did they? Yeah. Oh. I, so, the only thing I'd heard in the last Nintendo Direct, they said that they were working on it. And that was mm. all. 
Mm. But then they've got another game that they're releasing, which looks Platinum. interesting. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, it's um, looks like similar kind of gameplay, but it's sci-fi looking, and you seem to be fighting aliens. So cool. That, yeah, that about you know explains that one. That's what I took <laughs> from the whole thing. Right. Yep. Sci-fi and you fight aliens. Mm-hmm. Mm. Space invaders. Yep. Yeah. Basically, yeah, Bayonetta. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, and a question from Carrie. Mm-hmm. So this might get the the, the thinking mind ticking. I don't mm. know where I was going with that. <laughs> but I haven't even thought about this question, but we're going to have to have a bit of a mull over this one. Mm-hmm. He would like to hear the team's top five favourite couch co-op slash party games. Oh. He picks SNES Bomberman, Wii Party, Overcooked, PS1 Track and Field, which is an unusual oh. choice of track wow. and field PS1 version. Track. I had that back in the day. And Kirby Adventureland on Wii. Oh. So thoughts. Wii. Like I said, this is a bit of a pop quiz. Yeah. Well, Bom- Bomberman is a very good pick. Yeah, Bomberman's a I good one. I recently declared... Uh, Micro Machines oh, yeah. as one of the best couch co-op after playing it with you guys yeah. on the stream mm. holy shit that was fun that was fun because we were like all tired and everything it was the last game we played and it was super fun yeah. mm. I was struggling <laughs> <laughs> I was getting brutalised for probably two thirds of that playthrough and I don't know how long we were playing a couple of hours but didn't you come back towards the yeah, end yeah I started I take a long time to learn things, I have to be honest. I'm I'm good at things that I put my mind to and play them. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty poor at things that I just pick up straight, uh, off the bat. Mm-hmm. So it took me a long time to start getting okay at that game. But then, yeah, two-thirds of the way through, I finally started doing mm-hmm. okay. Yep. Um, I know I was doing well at the beginning, and then at the end, I just couldn't win after that. <laughs> sucks to be you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, SNES Bomberman's a good one. I think I always go back to Mortal Kombat 2 um, on the SNES. Well, arcade. Mm-hmm. If you can have the arcade, that's even better. But mm. um, Mortal Kombat 2 on the SNES, I remember playing couch battles for days on end. Mm-hmm. Mario Kart on the SNES. Mario Kart mm-hmm. on any platform, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Overcooked's definitely one that I've... Yeah, it's definitely a highlight in terms of multiplayer games. Like, it's the sort of game that you uh, inevitably find yourself having laughing fits playing that game. Mm. So you haven't played it at all? No. Have you played it? Yeah, I got to play it recently, like oh, a couple did you? weeks ago, yeah. Okay. Did you like it? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we should try that... Um, Maybe we can do it if we ever do another stream because I have the the equipment. Um, although, actually, no, because it's HDMI. I need a HDMI capture card. Uh, but, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Definitely mm. a lot of fun. And then there's Overcooked 2 now, and you can even... <laughs> so it's a kitchen. You know, you're looking top down, and yeah. you've got to cook things, and the yeah. orders come in. Yeah, and I've seen videos on it. Yeah, so yeah. you know roughly how it works. In the second one, you can even throw things at each other. Yeah. So you yeah, can I've throw the ingredients. Too. I think I've seen that on um, Lord Panic's oh, okay. um, stream, yep, the Tired Parent stream. Yep. Yeah, they played that quite a bit. Yeah, they play it a lot. Yeah, it's fun. 
And there's always someone that thinks it's hilarious to take control of the bus in the menu screen. People that have played the game will right. know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Double Dragon is one that I always find really fun playing two-player. Uh, Streets of Rage, obviously. There's some really good three and four co-op games, but I'm not. They're not coming to mind for some reason. Um, <clears throat> I think the 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 M64 and the GameCube were big on this sort of thing because at that time, the other consoles didn't really have four yeah controller, controller ports. Yeah. So, um, for me, I mean, one that that comes to mind, which I recently picked up, is. WCW versus NWO Revenge. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. It was so much fun. Right. <laughs> Four players. I'm trying not to look at you, you know, sarcastic. Well, I'm not a I'm not a wrestling guy, <laughs> but uh, I can see how that'd be fun. It was fun, a lot though. of fun. Yeah. Well, I think that you yeah. wrestle is with stupid moves and yeah, you just punch people in the face and have a lot of fun. Yeah, and there's a lot of like not backstabbing, but but you know, two people are having a fight and so as a third person you'd come in there and just take advantage of that situation so mm. you know a lot of dirty play you can go out the outside the ring and pick up chairs and mm. hit each other over the head with them and mm. lots of silly things you know so and the battle royale was the most fun because the battle royale i think it's the battle royale every five minutes a new wrestler comes in and you go through like all the wrestlers in the game oh yeah and so there can be I don't I don't know if it's a maximum of four players on screen. Well, obviously a maximum of four players, but I think there can be as many people in the game. I don't think there's a limit to how many people can be in the game. It's just every five minutes someone else comes in. Hmm. Just like Battle Royale and wrestling, if you're familiar with that. Hmm. But yeah, I always remember that as being a lot of fun. Hmm. Yeah, it was a really fun game. It's definitely. I haven't had a chance to play it again since I got it because all my stuff's packed away, hmm. which is really frustrating. Um, but I think it was just a good, good game. Yeah. So there's that. IK Plus Gold is really awesome. Yeah. Um, I've told the story many times, but we used to have gaming nights, me, Matt, and some other friends. Um, and there was one time where, you know, we had the Xbox 360, we had a PS three i think and all modern consoles modern games the wii <laughs> so you know um what's it called wii sports mm-hmm. all the popular co-op and party games but i also brought on brought my sx64 so it's a commodore 64 mm. um with a monitor an ik plus gold which is a rom hack of ik plus mm. where it allows the third player which is usually just ai um, can be controlled by another human. Mm-hmm. So it's three players at the same time. Um, and you buy a special uh, PCB that you plug in the back. I think it's the back somewhere mm-hmm. that allows you to plug in a third controller. Yeah. And uh, that was the most popular game that night. Everyone was playing that game. <laughs> Even though there are all these modern games there as well, everyone just wanted to play IK Plus Gold. I love that. So it's much so fun. Good. Yeah, that's a game I want to play some more it looks like fun i mean i haven't played it at all but yeah i'll have to play it with you guys you you'll destroy me i guess but uh oh, it's pretty simple though to you know grasp the idea of mm. it i mean it, you're kicking people in the face yeah and it's all about timing and predicting what the other player is going to do yeah right and it's one of those games where because you have three people on screen at once 
And, you know, you've got moves like the split kick, so you can mm. kick in both directions at once. You just have these hilarious moments where people are just guffawing with laughter as something mm. stupid happens. <laughs> so, yeah, that's lots of fun. I remember laughing at PAX when the competition was on and you guys were pretty much sitting on top of each other. Mm. You couldn't hit each other. <laughs> mm. Yeah, just doing the dance. Yeah. <laughs> who's who's going to, you know, move first? Yeah. And dead. get hit as soon as they do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, did Carrie say co-op? Couch yeah, co-op, co-op party. So oh, a lot of these Slash party? <laughs> slash party. Co-op slash party. Yeah, because I was just thinking, games. I think most of the games I mentioned, except for co-op. Yeah, competitive. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Left 4 Dead. Oh, yeah. In Does that count? It's, it's the best co-op you, you game You can ever. play it split screen. But it's... Does it split? Yeah, on three, there's yeah. two players split screen only on three, six, I, I don't know. I've never played it on a oh. console. Oh, oh, you can play it couch play. Yeah, I believe it's sure. two players okay. split screen. Okay, then it counts then. Because I was going to say Burn Our Paradise because that is the is most amazing co-op game ever. But it's I think it's on- online only. Yeah. So that doesn't really count. You're sitting there by yourself on a couch yeah. like a loser. What? You just need two 360s. Like people had Halo lands <laughs> back in the day. Ah, yeah, true. You don't want split screen Halo. You've got to have your own console, your own true. TV. Yeah, yeah. i got so many Halo land memories. Yeah. We used to, um, when I worked at Hungry Jack's, we'd do the closing shift and just load up on Coke, like throughout the Coca-Cola. <laughs> oh, right. That, throughout yeah. the whole close... You know, because you'd just be going to the machine and just filling up a cup and just drinking it. And so you just, <laughs> like, maxed out on sugar and caffeine and do the clothes. Leave at 1 a.m. I'd drive to my house. I'd pick up my Xbox and my CRT TV, mm-hmm. which was actually a light one because it was later, sort of later in the time timeline. Um, so it wasn't too heavy. Um, and I'd take that to a friend's place, set it up with, like, three other Xboxes and... And play Halo. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Brings back memories of going to lands, PCs and Quake and... Mm. Yeah. I mean, is Quake a co-op game? A party? No. No. <laughs> land party game. It's a land party game. There you go. Well, I think he's what he's getting at is, yeah, the couch. When you Really, the most important part of this is sitting on the same couch together. I yeah, think. I think so. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what in modern games doesn't really exist. Although I I think the Switch is bringing it back um, because they are bringing that style of gameplay back. And and it might be because maybe they're targeting families more. Hmm. But, um, yeah, like most modern games... is probably the best example of that, isn't it? Where uh, they really went full on into the party-style games. uh, Yeah, probably. But I'm thinking more, I mean, I guess... There's almost a, a dichotomy now between, you know, the Western... Well, not Western, it's PS4 and Xbox compared to Nintendo. Mm. Those, like, a lot of games that are multiplayer-focused don't even have split-screen. Yeah. And it's... Like, I, I remember with a friend of mine who has a PS4, he's like, oh, let's find a game to play together, you know, because I think our wives were going out for dinner and we were just hanging at home and he's like let's play find a game and and it was actually difficult to find a game that we Mm. wanted to play Mm. on the couch together yeah and that's really sad yeah (laughs) yeah yeah 
Yeah, to your point, Matt, uh, Left 4 Dead, that's a pretty good choice. Mm. If it can be regarded as true couch. Well, it's only two-player. Yeah. If your couch is big for four players, it fails in that mm. way. It's a pretty stressful game, though. Yeah. Yeah, your team is relying on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of swearing and <laughs> insults we threw at each other. Not sitting on the same couch because yeah. we're playing online, but yeah. No, that's, that's a good one. Uh, Super Smash TV on the SNES, that's another good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we could go on for a while about that. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure I'll think of more. Throwing out ideas, but yeah, are they the best? Hmm. Well, we say them, so... Yeah. Oh, it must be true. Okay. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Closed. <laughs> it's our opinion and we're sticking to it. Mm-hmm. And lastly, he says, thanks for the effort we put into the pod. It really does brighten up his day and sanctuary from stuff, in inverted commas, at mm. work and life. All the best, Kerry. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Kerry. That was really nice. Do, 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 do. No, we, we don't <laughs> have that, a thing. Is that we? news? Sounds like an uh, 80s action TV show. <laughs> um, now what? with Vice Grip. Oh no, I was thinking of like an action hero ad. Oh. Anyway. Vice Grip? Yeah, like a toy. Like, Isn't that a tool? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. Anyway... <laughs> Battle of the Arcades is happening again. Um, that's a... What is it? It's an Australian competition. It used to be US, but now there's now it's happening in Australia as well, where all sorts of arcades around Australia get together, decide on, I think, three games each. Um, and then when the date hits, which this one is on June 15th, 16th this year... Um, each arcade is expected to have all of these games and then mm-hmm. players play all of these games and they're ranked against each other to find the best player, best arcade player as well mm-hmm. as best arcade. Was it three games last time? I seem to remember there being more games last time. Might have been. I don't know. I, I must have been. I haven't read a lot of the you know the, the setup and the rules okay. and stuff like that. I'm sure we will talk more about it as time goes on because it's in June. It's a while away. Yep. I didn't participate in the last one just because other stuff. Uh, maybe I will go in this one. I don't know. But 1989 is part of it. Mm-hmm. 1989 Arcade Bar. So I guess it depends what, what games are chosen. Yeah. yeah. So that's cool. That's coming up June 15th slash 16th. So I remember mm-hmm. last time it was like there was NBA Jam and what else? Street Fighter. Mm. Was it Street Fighter? It's a good mix of modern and classic. Yeah. A lot of them were covered in that 62-in-one mm. arcade. I think that's the case again this time. Yep. Yeah. Which has all the classic, the you know, like your Donkey Kong and mm. Galaga mm. or Galaga. 
you prefer it. I know Pac-Man is one of them. I think that's one of the ones that 1989 have put forward. Mm-hmm. So we'll keep our eye on that one. And some uh, thoughts because myself and Matt played both the Beatles pinball, the ah. newly released Beatles pinball, and the Munsters. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so there was a Wild Ball Pinball League in Sydney three weeks back now, four weeks. Mm. It feels like Seems a long like time a ago. ago. Yeah, a long time. Um, <laughs> which was at Lindsay's place. Lindsay is a friend of ours and also an operator. So mm-hmm. he operates games around Sydney and Newcastle, other places probably. Um, so he's generally getting the newer games pretty straight, you know, as soon as they're released. Mm. And we turned up to this Wild Ball League event at Lindsay's, which was the first time Lindsay had hosted. And the first thing I noticed was a ripped open box sort of stuffed at the side <laughs> fence of the house. And I had a closer look and it was a stern box with beetles on it. I thought, oh, wow. I wonder if Beatles is here. <laughs> Walked in the garage and there it was. Beatles it may, may not have been because it may have been on site. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have thought he'd open it explicitly just for Wild Ball. Mm. But no, there it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we got to play it. What do you think, Matt? Um, so, do we know how? Do we have to explain it? It's it's a it's one it's a new machine, but it's the older style. So it's a style yes. like, yeah, more early style. Like it's not style. only older style. It's um, it's the same layout as Sea Witch, right? Which is so a stern game from the eighties or something like, like early eighties or late seventies. Yeah, solid state from the early eighties. Mm. So it's a yeah, old layout design, but with new rules and obviously mm-hmm. new artwork and theme yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So no ramps, no lots ramps. of drop targets. Uh, yeah. Actually, there is a lot of drop targets. Mm. Yeah. The the big sort of uh, unique feature of Sea Witch, I think, is um, there's sort of a centre area and around that centre up the top of the play field and around that big circular thing is this this big one loop mm. and one criticism of Sea Witch back in the day was that so it has a top right flipper to be able to try and hit that loop over and over oh, yep. but the loop was never actually repeatable because it just because of the angle and yep. things like that um, whereas on the Beatles they've sort of rejiggered it enough mm. just so that you can actually do mm. that loop over and over and over again. That's a really satisfying thing in, mm. and it's in quite a few games but to be able to loop the ball it's like what can what could you describe it as any anything that's like really thrilling that involves speed like skiing downhill or Hmm. you know you go faster and faster and faster and every single loop it feels like you're just on the edge of your seat to whether or not you can keep it going yeah you know whether you're going to crash and burn or you know keep it going and Hmm. and yeah so i feel like i could you know, liken it to that sort mm. of thing. Yep. Not much of a thrill seeker, so right. never actually been skiing down a hill. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, and it's got pop bumpers in the mi- in the middle of this circular thing, and a tiny little gap at the very top of this circular thing. And I don't know if I'm describing this well, but that means that the only entry into this circular area with pop bumpers in the middle is either from that top little tiny gap Mm -hmm. so the ball might just roll in there Mm -hmm. or from the bottom and i think it goes from the bottom up through a spinner 
mm-hmm. into that little area. Mm-hmm. So there's a skill shot. You do a sort of soft plunge to go halfway right. around the loop and then yep. the ball just falls into that gap and yep. you get a skill shot or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the main feature. And then there's drop targets around. Mm-hmm. There's a new thing uh, on this Beatles machine that Seawitch didn't have is a spinning disc in the middle. Oh, which really? is obviously a I didn't shape notice in the, that. like an LP, okay. spinning LP. I didn't realize that was spinning. Cool. Um, so other than that, that's about it. It's pretty basic. The, um, the spinner is not in Seawitch. Well, there might not be a spinner. I might have made that up. Oh. No, there is. I looked at the playfield oh, earlier. Okay. <laughs> and also, in so the hole that you mentioned, which is at the crest of the loop, yep. uh, on Seawitch there was a rollover switch on uh, Beatles there's a magnet there yeah oh, did that, oh, did yeah. that ever yes. activate when Wait, you guys mag- played the it the magnet is up on the loop rather than in the um in the in lane or whatever we're calling it at the middle whatever the gap because <laughs> one of the features I didn't do it but I was watching someone else we hit in the loop a bunch of times it catch the ball up the top yeah. in, in the magnet yeah. yeah like at the very top of the orbit yeah and so then drop it, it thing and then hole. drop it down yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. stops you from continuing the loop. Oh. Well, only you've done like five or so. Yeah, only oh, for specific you things. You know, I think that's, so a that's cool idea. I don't, I don't catch uh, exactly what happens, but it's part of like the mode. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's not like it stops you from looping that as many times as you like. Mm. I think it's just a, I don't know, a it's specific like an award mode or, yeah. or an award yeah. or something like that. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, there's there's a bunch of modes to go for, and you can choose those. At the beginning of your ball, mm-hmm. there's only one you can't choose at the beginning of ball one and two, um, and that's an instant two-ball multi-ball. You can only choose that from the beginning of the ball of the third ball mm-hmm. or the last ball. Um, and then, yeah, you can choose that. But it's it's funny because no one actually, or not many people actually pick that up until very late into the night. Yeah. Mm. So a lot of people, and the way this game is, you know, it's... It's basic, but it's hard. Mm. So your ball time isn't for very long. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, a lot of people didn't realize on that third ball you could choose a two-ball multi-ball at the end and actually get a good boost of points. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was... I, I actually so, really <laughs> like that idea. So everyone who knew that yeah, yeah. C- went to the top of the scoreboard. And I'm sure there was a few people <laughs> that did and yeah. didn't maybe let on. Yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. That's part of playing in a tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my overall thoughts, uh, It's it feels basic, but it feels new. It, it, it's sort of like my ideas around uh, Wonelli Big Juicy Melons where it's retro-themed, but mm-hmm. because it's new, all the solenoids are super powerful, so it's fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, like when you play one of the remake, like Attack from Mars or something. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, everything's like, super quick and responsive. Mm. Mm. You'd but. It is still a lot more flashier than Wonelli, for example, because of the LCD screen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. Yeah, and it's it's got that LCD, LCD screen playing stuff all the time. Mm. It's obviously got music from the Beatles. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's obvious. Um, yeah, and lots of different modes and stuff like that, whereas Wonelli doesn't have modes or anything like yep. that. Uh, so, yeah, I think it was, it was a really good mix of just being basic, being hard... Uh, it looks really, really nice. Mm. I never thought much of it in, in the pictures, but seeing it in the flesh, it looks really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the the music, I mean, I've never liked 
well, never cared for the Beatles. I didn't dislike them or like them. Mm. They were a bit before my time, which is a bit of a stupid thing to say about the Beatles because mm. <laughs> everyone supposedly likes the Beatles. Mm. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I was never really into the music, but hearing the music whilst playing that game and also playing other games and you could still hear the Beatles music, it was actually a lot of fun. Mm. It was it was just a nice background tuned stuff going on. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't... It wasn't deep thinking. It wasn't, you know, blasting in your ears like metal or yep. anything like that. It was just mm. a nice, nice sound. Mm. So I, I re- actually really liked the game. Mm. I really enjoyed it. Cool. I think that's the thing about um, pinball machines that, or just themes that are based in in music, like big bands and stuff, is um, you know when you're when it's a band like that that's so huge. I mean, obviously they're you know the biggest band ever but any big band the amount of work and attention that goes into producing the sound that ends up on the album Mm. you know you would never in terms of music there's no nothing else ever gets that amount of attention so Mm. compared to you know music that stern would produce for a a game that isn't um, based on an ip from a movie or whatever a band it's never going to be as high quality. Mm. So automatically by having, I think that's what makes these music pins so good, part of it anyway, is that that music that's in the game is, you know, the the best music you could ever get in terms of production and, yeah. you know, the, the sounds are, you know, world-class, you know, sounds. Yeah. Um, which is, I think, at a much higher level than anything else Stern would ever produce. Yeah, I think uh, that's a really good point. I never really yeah. thought of it that yeah. way before. And ACDC was sitting right next to Beatles. Um, yeah. And that's another great music pin. Yeah. And that's a pin that, you know, I'd never liked ACDC, the music. Mm. Um, but when I played the pinball machine, I started to like ACDC, the music. Yeah. Not necessarily like the band, but some of the songs are really good. Mm. And I got introduced to that music more so than previous via mm. the pinball machine yeah um and it was because it sounded so great yeah and it gives you that sort of that feedback as you're playing the game you feel like it's high energy and mm. you're enjoying yourself mm. yeah. yeah the same thing happened to me with with metallica like when that game came out and i was playing it more i mean uh, my brother used to listen to metallica a lot when i was younger and um I enjoyed it, but I was never like, you know, after that, I didn't listen to it much. Mm. Um, but in playing the game, just because you're playing the game, you hear it more and reminded me what's good about that. You know, and you can't, you know, people might not like the style or they might dislike it for some other reason. You know, I think with music, a lot of it is some emotion that's connected to that style of music for mm. another reason, like... Someone that you didn't like in high school liked that, so I don't like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's got that that um, negative emotion connected to to it. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people dislike certain types of music because of that. But anyway, when in playing the game, it reminded me like what's good about it. And with a world class band like that, there's something there of value, you know. And I went back and listened to it, and now I really enjoy listening to it on on occasion, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's really high quality, 
production yeah. and musicianship and all of that stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, with the Beatles, I mean, the songwriting is, you know, some of the best songwriting that's ever ever been done. Mm. Um, yeah, and I think to your yeah. point, whether you're into it or not, because it is what it is, which is, you know, some of the best there is, mm. um, it, it's not offensive and, it, mm. and it's... Yeah, it, it goes well with the game. You enjoy it because you're playing a game and listening to such, you know, high-quality stuff. Mm. Um, yeah. What about you, Matt? How did you feel overall on the Beatles? Um, so I only got to play it once, I think. Once? Yeah. Oh, well, you're not going to form a very good opinion from no, playing it once. <laughs> it takes a lot for me to get, you know, to form an opinion anyway. Hmm. <laughs> That's uh, true. And then once he's formed that opinion, mm, it's, yeah, it's, it's stuck set in stone. stone. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because uh, not knowing the rules and not knowing what to do, it's mm. it's a long way. Yeah, so, yeah, but I, I mean, mostly positive. Okay. Like, I think um, feeling. I think a lot of other people were down on it. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of other people were just seeing the money. Because I talked to a, a number of people about it. Because you know, it's it's a brand new game. Everyone wanted to talk about it. So you you took you walk up to someone. The first thing they say is, oh, what did you think of the Beatles? Yeah. And I'd say, oh, I actually really liked it. I thought it was, you know, a good mix mm. of blah, 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 blah. Mm. And, and then they immediately jump to, well, would you buy it? It's, you know, $14,000 oh. or something like that. And I'd oh, say, wow. oh, well, I wouldn't buy one, but mm. I still enjoyed it. Mm. But everyone that I talked to was just seemed to be harping on the money. It's $14,000? It might even be more than that. Really? Um, it's, it's limited. So I think it's limited to 1,964 uh, games, which is mm. 1,964. Mm. Um, and there's certain versions of it. Mm. And the highest quality version, which I think is the diamond version, mm. I think that's about 25 grand. Wow. There's only about 10 of them or something like that. They're all gone. They're sold. Um, then it goes down in tiers like something like mm-hmm. gold. and mm. So the one that was there was gold. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm pretty sure that's somewhere between fourteen to twenty grand. Mm. So okay, so all right, I understand why people say, "Oh, would you buy it?" Yeah, and that I mean that's obviously a question that you know depends on whether you have money and want to want to buy a machine. So it's kind of sometimes it's not the best question, but maybe what a better question is is when you play it, can you see the value? Yeah in the game yeah and I think that's what a lot of people were talking about mm. and I see their point like I said I wouldn't buy one of those for even 14 I wouldn't buy one of those for 10 so you don't um, see so you're saying you don't see the value you don't see where that money is going oh uh, no well uh, no <laughs> yeah <laughs> I like see you I put s- it side by side with, with one of the other modern machines with all the toys and all the yeah. crap that's filled with with ACDC right next to it for example yeah, yeah. and then this one it's, it's that style it's, it's flat you know, yeah. there's not a lot of crap going on inside the playfield. Yeah, it's beautiful. So how do they? Its value is its rarity. I mean, ah. there's only 1964 of them. So they don't um, justify. They're not justifying the extra cost by saying, "Oh, it's got this feature and that feature." The justification that I've heard, and I've I've listened to interviews uh, with the people who built the game, mm. uh, is the cost of the license. Right. They said the cost of that license is the most anyone has ever paid for a license for a game and they Full had to stop yeah or do they mean in within stern or williams or pinball i th- it may be just pinball okay um but 
they said they had to recoup the money somehow mm. and the only way to do that was to make it expensive and limited and limited but if you sold more machines then the cost would be spread over the machines yeah so by making it limited doesn't that make the price go up per machine yeah i don't know and maybe they also looked at various metrics of you know there's probably only going to be a certain number of people who wants to buy a beatles machine mm. i don't know be interesting to know there there are numbers for other games how much other games are sold right mm. so we would know what they usually sell per game not stern stern don't not release stern. those numbers okay you have those numbers for williams bally but stern doesn't release those numbers it but it'd be a lot more than 1600 right you would think so yeah because I was, <laughs> it'd be funny if they're like, well, we normally sell about 1,600 of every new game, so let's, let's make a limited. limit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just never know. But yeah, so I liked it, but yeah, would I buy one? No. Um, but people who are really into the, the Beatles, mm. I can see the value there. If you absolutely love the Beatles and you like pinball machines, I think this is a good one. I, I mean, I, I bought mm. a Wonelli. At that kind of price... To me, it seems like it's the first pinball machine that's a risky buy. Because mm. if the game's not In fun... In terms of holding its it value. It won't hold its value. Mm. But I think the game is fun. Well, that's good. But I feel like we won't know that until yeah later down the track. Like with all games, you know, as they develop the code more. Mm. Um, what did the... Did the code feel... Like it was there. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty basic game, so mm. had a few modes and that I was about it. I didn't think anything was missing. Like no. Mm. And the the animations and, you know, uh, clips on the screen, all really good. Mm. So it looked like a complete package. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, who knows? I mean, I only played it probably five, six times, so I might play it the seventh time and go, oh, this is boring. <laughs> you just don't know. I mean, you you really got to play a game a lot to form a good opinion. Yeah. And if you've only played it once, Matt, yeah. what the hell were you doing for the rest of the night? I don't know. <laughs> Drank too many, apparently. That's just so funny because it feels like when you buy a big license, the first thing, you, you, you shill it out as much as possible, right? Why would you limit? I don't understand that. Mm. But... I mean, I'm not in that business, so mm. what do I know? I what do you know, John? <laughs> <laughs> what um, do I know? Why am I even here? Exactly. <laughs> Why are any of us here? <laughs> what is a human being? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, at Wild Ball, I also got reacquainted with my Tron pinball machine. Not just oh. a Tron pinball machine, but the, the Tron, Tron pinball machine that I used to own. So that was kind of weird and cool. Because yeah. I sold that machine to Lindsay, or swapped that machine to Lindsay for the Wonelli that I have mm-hmm. now. 
So yeah, it was kind of weird. And Do you feel fun. like it's been well looked after? Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, like there was a whole sword into the there metal was a front of it. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In, in the coin door. Yeah. And Lindsay was pretty upset about that because oh. apparently and it was the the venue owner who did that because they wanted to install a like a ticket machine or something like that. And Lindsay said, you don't... I mean, this is a giant hole. I mean, this must be the, about the size of this beer can mm. in um, girth, mm. if that's the, <laughs> the right word. <laughs> so it's a massive hole in a metal door. Um, and Lindsay was like, you, you don't need to drill a hole in the coin door to install a ticket thingy. So he was pretty upset about that. Did Lindsay, like, approve of the owner... Like going ahead and doing the installation himself, or no? no. Hence so they just decided upset. we're going to just install this. Yeah, we we don't have keys for this machine. Or I'm maybe guessing. they did. I don't know. Oh, but yeah, it was a bizarre situation. But of course, that made many or borne out many stupid jokes about how much people like the machine, and then you know because that hole is at groin level. Oh god! So yeah, you could really get into that machine. <laughs> And another thing funny about that is um, a guy that was also at Wild Ball, Darren, he walked up to me and he said, oh, this is our Tron. I went, yeah, because he had it before you. Yeah, and then I remembered, yeah. oh, yeah, I bought it off you. Yeah. Yeah, because I completely forgot that I bought it off Darren. So I bought it off Darren, gave it or swapped it to Lindsay, and then, yeah, all three of us are there playing that game on the yep. one night. It was just bizarre. Hmm. One of those weird things. What are those bikes? What are the bikes called in Tron again? Light cycles. It's the village light cycle. <laughs> Everyone's had a ride. That's a good one, John. That's <laughs> why have, you're would, here. Would have been better if I remembered the name of it. But anyway. Uh, it still worked. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to get another beer. Cool. I shall taste the beer. Oh, you haven't tasted it yet? Not yet. Okay. I'm interested in your thoughts. Ah. Melanie. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> this is the Grifter's Serpent's Kiss Watermelon Pilsner. Hmm. It's so good. Your thoughts? Melanie. <laughs> yeah. It's good. You had that high-pitched, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, That's like the noise that you make when I say something that you disagree with. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That's why I picked you up on it. And I usually don't notice until when I'm editing. <laughs> and then I notice how much contempt Mark has for me. <laughs> it's <laughs> no, all no, true. It's really funny. I, I, yeah, there's a lot of things I don't notice when we're recording and then later on I notice it when I'm editing and I actually laugh. <laughs> now, this is the kind of beer that I think I'd really like to have when I'm on like summer holidays. Mm. It feels like, you it's know, a good summer beer. Buy a pool somewhere. Buy a pool somewhere. Yeah, but in oh, you mean sitting purchase. by a pool. Yeah, yeah sitting, I you meant purchase. sitting by a pool <laughs> in the shade because I don't like sitting in the sun. Uh, I don't know how women, I shouldn't say women, anybody does that. What? Tanning in the sun. Oh. After like five minutes, I'm like, <laughs> I feel like 
crispy bacon. Mm. The crispy bacon is good. Well, if you're not, not vegetarian, not for the, not for the bacon. True. <laughs> not if you're the bacon. True. <laughs> They're generally not, yeah, alive. Yep. Glad we solved that one. Thanks for listening to Game the System podcast. If you, if, if you would like to contact us, the best way to do that is on Game the System forums at gamethesystem.co. You can also reach out to us via email at feedback at gamethesystem.co, like Carrie does. Mm. You can reach me on Twitter at and Mark's Mark Twins. Williams. Don't forget Mark Williams. No, Mark hasn't. Oh, yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, that one time. Yeah. yeah. He wanted to make sure the email worked. Indeed. And it did. It did work. Thanks, Mark. Indeed. <laughs> uh, reach me on Twitter at Mark's tweet. That's at M-A-R-C-S underscore tweet. John Twitches over at twitch.tv slash Wago. That's mm. H-W-A-Y-G-O. Mm-hmm. You been twitching much? No, because I have a baby now. Uh-huh. It's kind of... I haven't really worked that out yet. Mm. I think it's something that where, where... She sleeps good at night, but she doesn't sleep during the day. Right. And not well, anyway. So. Well, that sounds like a normal human being. It's Yeah, well, it is... A lot of babies don't do that. So mm. it's actually a really good thing. Mm. It's not something that you would complain about. Mm. It's it's awesome. Mm. But uh, if she slept badly at night <laughs> and then better at the daytime, I could stream while she was sleeping while I'm awake and then have right. really shitty sleep later. Right. Uh, I instead, I have like good sleep and no time for streaming. So right. I think that's what's happening <laughs> as opposed to other people with babies that stream. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So pros and cons. Yeah. Strikes and gutters. It's definitely a good thing. We'll put it that way because the stream is not a priority. (laughs) Right. I do want to do it. I'll get there. Also, all my stuff's packed up because our garage roof is falling down. Ah, yes. That old trick. There's that too. Where can people find you, Matt? Um, I'm just a lurker. (laughs) Because <laughs> I can't spruik your Twitch channel anymore because you don't Twitch, right? I mean, I'm back to just watching you. We were trying, to, we were trying to say hi to you in side parent stream and you didn't respond. Oh, yesterday. Because oh, we could see that you were watching. I was idling. I was doing something rude. else. Okay. So it wasn't rude. in the chat. What a dick. But then, I know. then at the end, when it was all over, I like kind of back went through the buffer and I saw you appeared <laughs> and mentioned you. Yeah. But he didn't feel bad. He was fine with it. Well, I wasn't there. What, what could I do? <laughs> he was See? on the TV. But like, yeah. Anyway, people can't find Matt. He's he's in the background somewhere. Yeah. And that's it. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>